Hello, it is Tex of the Black Pants Legion podcast. It is I, joined by Mr. Mike of the Black Pants Legion podcast. Hello, Mike. Hello. Hello. I am also joined by Mr. Goat of the Black Pants Legion podcast. Hello, Hi Mr. There. Goat. Hi. Hi, Mr. Goat. How are you doing? I'm doing. All right. So what we're going to do now that that's weird. Uh, what are we going to talk about today? So we just got finished watching this Star Trek Brave New Worlds. Is that what it's called? Is that what that was? Yeah. I watched one episode of it. Yeah, well, uh, I'm willing to watch three. That's that's my general rule of thumb. So you didn't like it? No, no, no. I didn't say I didn't like it. I'm not sure if I like it or not because it's like one of those things where if someone's like, have you had X? They'll come up to you and be like, oh, man, have you ever tried X? It's like some fruit or something you've never heard of. And you're like, no, that sounds fucking dangerous. And they go, oh, no, 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 no. X is great. It's great. And you try it once, you like almost die, and and they're like, no, you got to try X again. Now here's it's the an truth: acquired taste. It's an acquired taste, as, that's, as a friend of mine would say. That's what they once all you say. consume the fissies, yeah, you become accustomed to the fissies. Yeah, it's just an acquired taste, right? So when people say it's an acquired taste, like Malort or anything else like that, two or three shots in, you can acquire a taste for something. You can. It's like coffee, anything else. It just, yeah, whiskey. Some people hate whiskey. Some people love it. I love it way too much. But the... I don't want to often go there. Yeah, God. I'm the living personification of that. I should just grow out the mutton shop, shave the middle, and... (laughs) Yeah, I think you got a strong enough chin for it. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, a lot of people actually, like, have to get a beard because they have, like, no chin. Yeah, like me or Mike. No, Mm -hmm. but, like, that's my chin. That's not bad. It's I have a very square face. It's, like, 1940s cop face. Yeah, yeah, you you do. Where it's... Well, it's like when I shave my face, I look like 1940s cop. It's like, what do you mean, Buster? You know, <laughs> just <laughs> this is our last warning. You're a loose cannon. You're a loose cannon. Get out of my office, Mikhail. You know, just <laughs> it's 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 very just like 1950s meatpacking American face. And and I just grew. Yeah, you got fucking meatpacking hands. I know, except I couldn't open that jar last night because I was weak, babby man. No, you literally loosened it. It's like, OK, you guys don't know this because it was but it's like right Right after no uh, to get the deep lore you yeah, have to watch eight streams and this no, podcast the, the stream we did last night where we did mri ration meal number 20 afterwards Again, good. they tried mm-hmm. to open up a jar of of sauce and mike was like oh i can't do it and tex is like oh i like rip apart gunmetal hands for fun and he was like and i was seeing him shake well, I, it's like he was I, having like muscle failure. Yeah. He was doing it to failure. I never failed to open jars before. Yeah, and that, that was, was weird like, for oh, me. I can't do it. Go. I mean, you can try if you want, but it's like it's, really hard. And no, I, was like, I said no. I said goat help grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Goat, help, Grampy hands, Grampy hands broken." And then I, and then I took my fapping <laughs> hand and I, and it popped open. <laughs> Coomer powers activate. <laughs> <Yeah>. Can open. <laughs> Can oh yeah, nice. let me switch hands. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Marathon Masturbator, for powerful hands. Anytime, man. You're welcome. Thank the Monster Girls. <laughs> Ow! so yeah uh last night we did the um you know that was the thing is i I wanted to buy that specific mre because everyone said oh they should eat this that's the worst oh they should eat that that's the worst and i asked questions among people in the military i said okay no bullshit like 
everyone bitches about the worst. Everyone compares the worst, so everyone can go, "Ooh, it's the worst!" Like, some yeah, at least you didn't have to do the four finger yeah, death exactly. punch, kid. Every, everyone does that. Yeah. Uh, the worst. Ooh, the worst. Ooh, the worst. And I said, "You know what? Fuck that." Mike had been talking about the wheel. You know, uh, the, the meal of fortune. The, the meal of fortune. It's a the, fucking randomizer for what we eat. Now. Yeah, and so it's it's fun. Yeah, and I was like, "What if we actually got something just like nice?" You know, to put on that wheel. And so I asked around and I said, what is the nice one? And the nice one is the hash browns uh, with the bacon and... and I, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Somebody in the comments claimed that they pulled, that the DOD pulled it because it was too good. Yeah. That's what I've heard is uh, what's weird is back in the day in American rations, there was, of course, your C and K rations and all the World War II shit and Korean War shit. And yeah. the Vietnam shit, and then you find you know LRPs and whatever, and and then you start it's getting just like starch and meat in a can, right? With, with candy and cigarettes. Yeah, <laughs> smoke, lucky strike, kid. Uh, so the uh, the thing that's that's kind of interesting is that uh, when they got into MREs like in the eighties, and they started doing the big pouches that would survive like World War Three. They just started subcontracting and subcontracting and subcontracting. And there's all these different menus and items they'll like bring in and then tear away. Like, no, you can't have it. It's not good. <laughs> and then some of them are like notoriously bad, but some of them are pretty decent. And that one, yeah, that, that, that one, like what little bits of it I could eat. I was like, this is actually pleasant. Yeah, it was really nice uh, tasting all those uh, different things that were uh, put in the boiler there uh, yeah. that, that uh, w- the turnover was very good that was oh, that was remarkable for like a shelf stable like something that is gonna be good for like years and years and years I was like this is alarmingly okay yep so you guys were talking about the new Star Trek you ah, watched uh, well okay I, I said I will watch anything for three episodes like it, if people are like you should watch this you should watch that you should watch this you should watch that and I'm like all right, and then I sit down and I watch it. And if I watch it for three and I can't remember anything that happened other than like two jokes, I'll go, okay, I don't want to watch this because my brain is just not paying attention to it. it might, my brain will not retain the information. I'm not engaged with it, so I can't watch it anymore. Um, and, <laughs> and then this show happens and I start watching it and Mike points out some things I did notice. The uh, intro soundtrack, not a banger. Not a banger at all. In fact, yeah. I can't remember a bar of it. Now, if you go, hey, Tex. I uh, remember the Tycho drums that they played throughout <laughs> the entire piece. Well, if you're like, they ended it with a stinger from the original series to make you go, oh, yeah, yeah, we nostalgia. still care about you. Yeah, it's a nostalgia callback. But look at it this way. Like, if, if I had, if, if you're like, Tex, what is the theme to Star Trek Voyager. I'd be like, oh yeah. Yeah, it won awards for a reason. Yeah, they all won awards because they were actually really decent and unique and memorable. Like, everyone remembers a theme. And then there's what it... So, like, my first thing was, okay, show me an intro. And the theme was just, no. It was like, I paid someone money and I said, hey... See how close you can get to a Star Trek theme and a Bond theme and then put them together, but I want a copyright strike from neither camp. <laughs> like that is that's what it felt like. The visuals were pretty cool, uh, but it was like why question mark? And then some of the characters are all over the place. Uh like they're cool characters. Like Nurse Chapels running around and like doing crazy shit, and that's kind of fun. 
and and you know she has witty dialogue and the doctor that's like the pre-bones enterprise doctor he's a cool guy you yeah, they know, need like a really old guy. They need a wise guy. They yeah. need someone who's wise, not cranky, but wise. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, that, going... was, that was who was in the um, original uh, pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get the ideas. You're going for a different age of the fleet, you know, because Pike is also an older guy. So you're going and showing all of these interesting characters. You show like Uhura as her career starts. You show like a different side of Spock and the Vulcans. And it's it's interesting. But here's my problem. At this point, it's really hard to judge what is and isn't Star Trek because each era of Star Trek has been very, very different. Original series is very different from the Gen 2 stuff they pitch, which is very different from the original series movies, which and, and they all have their own themes and they all parrot different things, but they, they have some overarching theses. And, you know, it's why you have people who are big fans of like DS9 and you get people who are more fans of original series and everything else in between. But yeah, isn't that the distinction for Trekkies and Trekkers? I don't even fucking know. Cause the problem is, is there's so much shit that's overlaid and then there's like the fucking JJ Abrams universe. And then there's the original series universe. And then there's all these universes and I don't know which is which. And I see this thing and I don't know if Discovery's canon or not because there's shit in discovery. That's way more futuristic than there is in the original series for no reason and time travel shenanigans and everything's valid and not. And so I just have to go, okay, everything is now fan fiction and quality. And I have to ask myself the only important question is, is this Skeleton King? <laughs> the bog break down, y'all, if we will. Well, right. So I need to know if this is going to be lazy writing. Because the first episode wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. It was an okay episode. I need to see three okay episodes or an okay, a good, and a bad one before I can say, is this a good show? Because I need to see where the writing is at their weakest. Like, what is a filler episode? And see if a, even a filler episode has fun moments. And then I need to see the strong episodes. Like, oh, wow, that's a good arc or something. And I need to see if the characters actually change and develop in between. And they kind of show me by actually showing me what Trek universe this is in. Because I don't even fucking know. I mean, it's it's very J.J. Abrams in the shiny bright bright, right? Uh, I have no idea. I only I mean, caught like the last five minutes, so... Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I it makes me wonder. It really makes me wonder what kind of Trek universe it's in. Because, like, we all have our own view of if we would do an old Trek thing. So here's, yeah. what, I, here's what I want to do. Well, it's still fresh in our heads. If we had to do a Trek show, like the Black Pants Legion or Courtesy Flush or Goat LLC or whatever, let's just, let's just say if the Black Pants Legion, uh, got hired by Paramount and they said, hey, we've tried twice now at making a pre-Kirk Trek era show. Can you guys give it a shot? Star <laughs> Trek? I think Star Trek would definitely be in the right thing. I would, uh, my instinct would be to grindhouse it. I would make it look, <laughs> I, I would make it I wouldn't make it yeah, look it's pre-Kirk. Everything looks really cheap. <laughs> I wouldn't make all the all the all the things like the Gorn and everything to look just as cheap as they did in the original series. And I would have like get really big stage actors to act their hearts out in it. And then I would just make it like Vietnam War levels <laughs> of retarded violence. <laughs> I would just be like, I loved the first episode of Next Generation where they shoot that guy like at the end of the first season where they shoot that guy 
uh, who's sitting in the chair. Remember, Mike, the yeah. admiral, who's like, I am Bugman. I am Control Starfleet. And they just like phaser him to pieces. And it's like yeah, a Delta. Yeah, it was like an overarching conspiracy. Yeah. Like I was going, holy shit, that's pretty fucking raw for Star Trek. Yeah, they, they blew his face off and they, there was like like eyeballs and blood for a second and it was TV, like delta, that was wild it was like delta green shit yeah. and i was like whoa what kind of show is this again a very different era uh definitely def- definitely a very different thing picard did then than you would see him do in like later seasons where he's like well we have to be wise and kind to people it's like ruin you shut that bug man's face off because he was like i run starfleet and you were like no well he was he was trying to be as best he could but I mean, at that point in the episode, it was either he either shot this thing or it was just gonna fucking kill them. Oh, of course, I, I get it, but I'm just saying, like, it's a it's a very different thing. It's the cowboy era of like, well, time to <laughs> time yeah. to wrestle them all and kill them, and then it's later on. It's like we could negotiate. So basically, you want to make it like the pilot for Star Trek, where, yes. every, where they're all wearing like chest rigs and pea coats when they go down. Yes, I want it to look like a 1940s naval landing party when they go down, and they're like, "Hold on, we gotta contact the ship." <laughs> And there's a radio that the guy sets him on a tripod and there's like, all right, yeah, send it making- some voltage, Frank. And he starts cranking yeah. a hand generator. <laughs> well, didn't like the old military phones literally powered by sound. So like you had to yell into them well, for them to work. To, to a point. Yeah. yeah. But what, what you need is you, you do would have a hand generator for like, you know, a radio. So yeah. you, if, if for those of you guys out, guys and gals out there who collect that equipment, like an ANGR nine, Stuff like that, you know, <laughs> would be pretty fucking funny. Like, imagine a Vietnam-era field phone or a Korean-era field phone. And they're like, hold on, I got to contact the Enterprise. Bring me that walkie-talkie. And it's like the size of a car battery. <laughs> yeah. Just dragging it around. It's, no, it has a cable. So, it has a cable no, to no, a it'll generator. No, no, it around with them. It'll be like, beep, 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 bring no mike it's a phone box that yeah. follows them around like he's like bring me the phone wait it, so they gotta like so it's like it's gilbert and sullivan yeah dude like i i want i would want transporting to be scary in that era or like you could get it there yeah, no it would not be a gradual no it would be like a <laughs> yeah that's, yeah, that's a what i want you want I, like 40k teleporters no no what i want is like, like an explosion happens and then you're just there and they're like what the fuck everyone in the room's deaf before you even realize what happened i, I want it to be bad like like a have you ever seen a, a tra- flashbang goes yeah, off yeah, in the room like jesus can you teleport outside the house He's no like blew the cat across the room i i want it to be worse than that i want it to be like have you seen a transformer go up yeah that's what i'm thinking <laughs> i'm just thinking a horrible cacophonous <laughs> bang yeah and when it happens like all the lights in the room like burn out and there's like scorch marks <laughs> And the guy's like, hey, I had shoes and his feet are sizzling. Yeah. <laughs> what if it left a mark on the place it teleported from? So like their shadows just like burned into the floor. <laughs> like, be, it, like, oh, my like, God. Hit. And people are like, is that is that safe? And they're like, yeah. Yeah. It's like the second you go up. Yeah. So I was having. And then they, when they're done, <laughs> they are on the pad reemerged and they're perfectly like fine with the conversation. But. Obviously, they don't remember that second of hot, scorching pain that just happened. <laughs> or worse, Mike, is they beam them off like two of their fillings bounce off the pad. <laughs> like it doesn't transport them. It's like, king, king, king. Oh, it's like, God. oh, it's God. Like, oh. 
Oh, it's so sensitive. <laughs> it's like, just make him jank his shit. Like, the guy gets on the pad and he's like, all right, you're about to be transported for the first time. Are you going to be okay? And he's like, yeah, all right. And then the guy gets behind like a lead glass shield and he has a smock. <laughs> and he's like, stand perfectly still. And he just like holds his breath. He holds his breath and moves a lever and current builds to a certain point and then there's like clap and you're gone and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> and he's like, don't worry, uh, your feelings will be returned to you. Uh, transport. Just like imagine just uh, watching people pop in and out the sound of a gunshot. That's just like... <laughs> That's why, the, that's why the transporter room has to be padded. <laughs> has to be padded. Like one of those like gun range doors where it's got like two doors so you don't go, <laughs> have to go in out. The transporter guy it has, it has, has uh, fucking earphones on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got those big fucking like foam earbud, ear, uh, earmuffs on. Because you're just constantly hearing gunshots in the background. They it's have like, medication that's able to heal like ruptured eardrums. So they just get a shot of that right after they get up there like... Oh God! Yeah, okay, it's back. Yeah, transporter ear. Yeah, like like the guy's transporter was like, wait, no, it's like, what? Transporter guy, huh? What? But yeah, if if I could do the Enterprise, I'd make it look like 1930s, 40s, Navy. He comes transporter, like, all right, here's the, and then the next guy comes back. He's got like half a beard, and he's like, what happened? He's like, what? What do you mean? It was like a day. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> like, what do you mean? It was a day. You just transported here. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, wait. I had the delay buffer on. My bad. Yeah. He was like, I was just floating around in this void of light, and it was burning for yeah. like a day. <laughs> He's like, yeah, sorry. I had the delay buffer on. There's no my scorch bad. marks on my skin, but I felt it like fire. It was just never ended. And he's like, are you blind? Partially. Cool. <laughs> All right. Go to Mad Bay. We'll get that fixed. He's yeah, like, we'll, get, we'll give you some new eyes. He's like, hey, tell them I got you trapped in purgatory. They'll know it. They'll know what's up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're like, wait, what? And he's like, no, man, there's like this barrier between reality and the transport buffer. It's pretty weird. I got trapped there once. It'll fuck you up. Anyways. Yeah, if we don't align it right, you end up in that dimension. You don't want to be there. <laughs> you would not believe the parties I've been to. Anyways, just... This is very dangerous technology. Anyway, energize. Minutes, what? So it's like seven minutes in heaven in purgatory. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. <laughs> You're like with some chick, and it's it's and it's burning. Ah, uh, uh, this uh, is so uh, hot. Ah, uh, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he just he just gets transported to like uh to like some horrible war zone in the middle of like Xanthi's space or something. And for like a second, they're like, who the fuck? And then he's gone. And he's like, oh, sweet Lord. I saw 500 people explode in front of what? me. So it's like Half-Life 1. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he sees like 800 alternate realities and current realities overlapping. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. It's <laughs> like it happens every so often. It's a small variance. I think the transported game, the transported guys probably play really fucked up games like that i bet they have a game where they just like beam a guy out into space and see how long he can hold his breath and then like he hits the button when he wants to come back like you know it's the game to see how oh, long you know even better you could you could fuck you could get like you know how like uh in movies like do the torture thing where they hold them underwater or whatever the fuck you know, you did that kind of well with Star Trek, but imagine you put them on the transporter pad, like, all right, you don't want to talk? All right, we don't want to talk then. 
send half of him to space. And he's not, what that means is that he's just going to put the dial up to half, so you're half in space and half inside. And he's like, I can materialize you out there, or I can put you back in here. And I'm just going to slowly start turning it up to out there. The Mr. more I don't, Bond. The more I don't like the way you're talking. And they're like, ah, I see two loco. Oh, it's hard to breathe. Yeah, oh yeah, that really is, huh? <laughs> it's going to get really hard to breathe in a minute. I mean, transporter could be fucking horrifying. I'm I'm surprised that they don't have like a transporter setting. Are for we fish. in the mirror universe? Is that like what our problem is? Well, I I wonder because like I I wish tra- all these horrible things. True, true. <laughs> but what I wonder about is like transporters. Like, why is there not a transport setting for like? Oh no, the ship gets boarded. Well, everyone has those badges and everyone knows their IDs and what have you. So anything without an ID, you just tell the transporter to beam pieces of it off. Oh, Jesus. Because think about how quickly a computer can do things, right? So you tell the computer to take each of the objects that it detects that are not a crew member and to rampantly execute like 10 to 15 transports in random three to four inch sections per target per second. But don't you have to be like on the transport pad for it to... For not by TNG rules, like oh. on TNG. No, you could do it in it just interior of the ships really hard because it got like shielding in all the rooms. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is if they're in a main access way, e.g. anywhere you've ever seen a transporter used in Next yeah. Generation, and you have this transporters that can beam anything to that transporter pad, <laughs> you just go dee 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 and you're just using the robot to do it, you know, the AI. And they're just getting torn apart like Legos. Yeah, they're just like some Klingon guy comes running at you and then his hand disappears and he's like, So he's dematerializing like a fucking... Ah, fuck. I'm trying to think of like... There are some media where it's like they like dematerialize into polygons. I would just dematerialize everyone's hands and feet. It's really hard to conquer a spaceship without hands and feet. I think. Well, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, no, they're boarding, not without legs. <laughs> well, I learned that in RimWorld. Like, I had a guy keep breaking out of my prison, and I kept trying to tell him. I showed him how good the prison was. I showed him how good our food was. I tried to get him to join my colony, blah, blah, blah. The guy really wasn't having it. So I, I decided that I had to saw his feet off. And once I did that, he stopped resisting. It was pretty amazing. He stopped trying to get away. He was like, man, this guy's serious. Sometimes you just got to saw their feet off. Just saw their feet off. Just saw their feet off. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, man. So what is what, what else do we have on this Meal of Fortune menu? Because I know we talked about it on the Courtesy Flush a little bit. And people sent us a wide variety of things. Yeah. We actually have a few French MREs. Yeah. And we have some of the American ones, and then we have the JSDF ones, and then we have, what, the DAF meal MREs? Yes. Yeah. And, and then, then we have another Ukrainian 24-hour, and then there's also a... Yeah, the big boy. And then there's, I think, a Polish, another Polish and Ukrainian ration, Anton sent us. Yeah, we just have piles of the things. Yeah. Well, they're around here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like we moved here, so we're still trying to find. Stuff. We have to find the boxes of our things from the before times. The before times, the time, the times of the terrible couch. Yeah, the times of the shitty couch. Now we're in the times of the good couch. The good couch. The good the, couch. The lean back and gain five hundred pounds couch. Oh yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna lean back. I'm, I'm gonna just become a very plus sized person. Yeah. You see why? You see why I recline during the podcast, man. It's it's not something I'm used to. That's yeah. not something I'm used to at yeah, all. Yeah, because you don't fucking know to fucking relax, but you're I, learning. I don't know. You're, you're already coming far. Yeah. Can uh, we go to questions? 
Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Let's do questions. This is going to be a questions cast. Very laid back podcast. Yes, literally. Yes, we are reclined. All right. This one just says VG Chris Roberts fan club call in. Uh, what the hell's Chris Roberts? Hey, guys. Uh, I don't know if my last message was, you know, let through or not because it was kind of dumb. Anyways, ignoring that. So, you guys like to shit on Star Citizen a lot. I'd just like to let you guys know. Elite Dangerous has the Guinness Book of World Records for being in development the longest, being 17 years. Well, Star Citizen is only at nine, which means, you know, you guys give Star Citizen shit. <laughs> Elite Dangerous took so much fucking longer uh, and is now <laughs> releasing is, uh, being on. able to be first person on planets, which is something Star Citizen already had. Wow, who gives a fuck? Eh? Wait, no, hey, guess what? Hey, Anyways, have a good one. Thank you for the bait, sir. I will not be biting. Thank you. That is all that is. I, Moving I, on to the next question. That's amazing. It's well amazing done. bait. That's he knew amazing. exactly what he, to say. He knew exactly how to say that. Well done. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the next question. What's a little strange noises between friends? What is the weirdest sound the three of you are each capable of coming up with? Example. When I was a kid, my brother was trying to explain Magic the Gathering to me. He's talking, he's talking, and then he clears his throat by going, <laughs> I go, wait, what What did you do? And I was like, what are you talking about? And I said, you went, <laughs> he said, I, I went, <laughs> he said, yeah, you went, <laughs> so that's become our unwritten uh, in-joke greeting to each other for the last <laughs> decade. I- I can't remember the strangest sound that I'm capable of making. I just make a lot of weird grunts, but I had a teacher in high school that I'm not sure if it was either a product of him being from Kentucky or the product of him being an alcoholic or of him just being strange. But the complex of all those things was he would end conversations. He was an economics teacher in high school. He's like, now, you know that prime economic model? You need to look at that as an exportable economic model. <laughs> and it would always, at the end of every sentence, it would be an you know, and nobody knew what it meant. So he would say shit like, all right, time to go for lunch. And we're like, what, what does that mean? He's an anime character. But he would just add that to the end of it like a punctuation. <laughs> yeah, just ain't. And we're like, the fuck? And so that still haunts me. I can still hear it. Mike, weird sounds to share. Uh, I don't really know. Uh, that's kind of like a thing you notice from other people. So, like, if if you make a weird noise and you're not aware of it, I don't know how we could tell us tell you that. So, if, like, it's more like, what are you capable of making? Well, no, he was his like his the person in his example didn't even know they made that noise. Yeah. So, th- I guess he wants to know like between like what noises he, do we make between the three of us that we've noticed uh okay uh goat makes a sound called uh eating food there there's the sound uh-huh, it is a uh-huh. see haha meme I'm i don't a, know i'm not a loud eater well that's no but i'm just saying like what what do i even say to that because i don't listen to particular sounds and I, I know goat walks around like he's walking around a combat site <laughs> yeah that's the weirdest sound i think goat makes is that he does sound like a cop who's walking up the porch yeah i'm like i was like what the fuck oh it's just goat i was yeah. like it's not you sound like somebody who's like on important business all the time no matter where you're going you're like I, hey I man am. i'm relaxed 
Terminator <laughs> walk. <laughs> Robocop. That Robocop yeah. walk. You have uh, a very strong stance. Yeah, uh, I, I, I walk like a man who's dead inside, so I should have slippers. You you do sound like a zombie when you walk by my room every morning. Thank you. It's just like a sh- like a step and a shuffle, and I'm like, oh, this the old man Tex waking up again. Gray limping. Nice mic. Robocop walk. Yeah, no. Master. Now, now, I am an important miss. I'm going to the kitchen. What's my noises? What what weird noises do I make? Uh, anytime I try to have a quiet conversation of any sort in the Legion or a reasonable conversation, I don't know what it is, but from your room you'll be streaming something and it sounds like a Cleveland Street conversation. What do you mean? Because <laughs> I, I hear... Yeah, you gotta go... Yeah, yeah I, I just hear like, I'll be sitting there in the Legion and I'll be like... Yeah, you know, work's been pretty hard and challenging. I'm learning a lot of new what skills. Yeah, and I just hear that like in the background, like, and, and people are like, "Is Mike okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I think he's playing Deserts of Carrick and really is." And then he'll be like, "No!" Ah! Well, it doesn't help that they're dry. That you have like an inch of drywall. drywall. Yeah, because yeah, someone piled a wall, a color wall with a fucking light switch. Not like they didn't just like, oh, I'll let me cut it. They punched a hole and then shoved the light in there, and we're like, good. <laughs> They were like dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> yeah, we could, we should definitely put the. You know what? I have that soundproofing material. I still haven't put up. Yeah, we should probably do something. You've yeah. got something I can lend you. Well, yeah, I didn't know it was like that. Yeah. No, yeah. no, it's it's funny just because it's yeah. it's like you're aware of this, but it's like again, like it's who we. It's just kind of how we are. Yeah, it's it's nothing major. Like I can't think of anything like a weird sound like. In our bigger group, I'll say this. If you put like Pablo and Catch in the same room and they sleep over, it sounds like an industrial rock crusher. God, that I is fucking I have to lock myself in the loudest bathroom snoring and sleep in the tub. Uh, no, the la- I think they win the loud snoring championships. They're the, the they're the most amazing people. When it comes to like snoring, the highest decibels I think I've ever heard. <laughs> no, that's over eighty decibels. Yeah, they're we, pretty we, good. Well, man. we had the decibel meters going. It was incredible because. Like Pablo snores. I didn't like, do that. Who had the decibel meter out? What the <laughs> get, fuck? It's an apple you can get on your phone. What you guys did that? Yeah, yeah. That's fucked up. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> because what it's the fuck? Uh, why were you? Why are you measuring your friend's decibels? <laughs> because this is why. <laughs> for science, I guess. Well, for one, that's I told kinda, that's kind of awesome though. Well, no, the reason is is because I said, wait a second. I was in dead asleep, under a chemical sleep. Because I have horrible PTSD and night terrors, and I'm woken up by the sound of what I believe to be glaciers moving, <laughs> <laughs> but at like forty miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "What is this sound?" And then at that point, I was sleeping with my head between two pillows and ballistic earphones, and I'm going. Why am I feeling this low rumble like in my body? It was like, conducting into the ground. Yeah, I was like, is something hitting the house? Yeah. <laughs> and so I went out to the main room and it's just like, <laughs> like white noise in hurricane force winds. And I'm like, what is this? And so I sat down and just held my head as I listened to how loud it was. And I just start dying laughing because. Pablo and Catch both have a hilarious breathing pattern when they snore, and it's like a cartoon. Yeah, no, Catch literally does a. <laughs> <laughs> and so you'll just sit there and yeah. just be like, 
it's really loud but yeah i mean again funny noises but not like you know crazy or anything i mean i i guess maybe if somebody had a nervous tick or something they could say something fucked up i don't know yeah all right next all right the next one's called more shatter on future evidence oh, oh boy Hello, BPL Podcast. It's Grinny here again. You might remember me as the delivery driver guy from like a year and a half ago or not. That's fine. Guess what? I upgraded to IT, and that's what frames the question I have here. Congratulations. So to set the stage, you've got megacorps like Arasaka in Cyberpunk and basically Comstar in Battletech. They're basically a megacorp. Vertical and horizontal integration, tons of guns. It's the same thing. But there's an interesting movement in the market. 50 years ago, you used to have to use dumb terminals to connect into a central mainframe to make computing requests, basically. You did that at universities and businesses. We're moving back to where the cloud is where a lot of people store their data and run their businesses and use their business logic. So my thought is we're kind of going towards that megacorp kind of idea. Therefore, what company of these big tech companies would fund their own max tech? Thoughts? discuss they already do that in africa and latin america and yeah like parts if, of asia if, where if, they can get away with it it's me, just not in-house yeah it's, it's one of those things you always external uh you you always hire externals for this sort of work or in the hands of the united fruit company you hire the united states marine corps um but the the thing is historically uh these corps tend not to actually get their hands dirty or ever brand their own security because they're boring they're very risk averse and they're boring they have no branding i want to see google death squads i want to see it so i can hate my sensor more yeah that's why they don't do it yeah yeah it's boring that's why they don't have like night from Shadowrun. well if it was night it'd be like starbucks night yeah well, it's why it's why can I venti size your fucking death, motherfucker? Yeah. click clack. It's, it's why I did that shit like um, for laughs, like when you fucking destroyed that peanut drone because it was annoying. And it then, was annoying, and, and then, then I had Heinz to, sent the fucking the two guys and the fucking Heinz uh, hitmen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had to men, fucking them kill them full too. Red, one of them in full yellow. I don't care. The <laughs> branding sucked. Mustard. Their branding sucked. I drove a garbage truck and I <laughs> had an assault a twenty millimeter. I don't them. care. Look, they started it. <laughs> If the peanut man wants peanuts. a war, I'll give him one. Peanuts. And I will drive a garbage truck up his ass to not pay peanut tax. I, a man is not, an, I will not pay a peanut tax. I will not pay the peanut man. I will go into a bar and not pay the peanut shakedown man. I hate the man. peanut drones. I hate the peanut drones. I will drones. drive peanuts. the fucking truck and I will have the assault cannons and I will kill the Heinz special operations community. I don't care. Heinz can suck it. I will drive the garbage truck. That is my shadow run. Mike, what megacorp do you think would have fun security? I have no idea. Walmart? Nestle? No, they already have security. No, no, imagine Walmart. The parking lots. No, like imagine, a hawk. No, They're no. called Nighthawk. No, imagine, imagine Walmart security, right? Welcome Man. to Walmart. Get out. Yeah, imagine Walmart security, but with like fucking Militech, like cyberpunk drones or whatever, like the, the cart minder or whatever, you know? But they're, they, they, <laughs> yeah, they, someone tries to like... Take, like some crackhead tries to like walk off with the cart yeah but <laughs> instead of instead of like just some old old guy going like hey you can't do that it instead of that it's like some guy like one of those maelstrom gangers yeah, that gets some up guy with like, like fucking roids and shit yeah. well that's a problem with walmart you guys are assuming it's like the inner city ones that are going to be the problem it's the rural ones that are going to have the problem with the militech people being there yeah the think. first shot fired from them means it's fucking open war on walmart yeah <laughs> they're like they shot first yeah 
They shot first. This, they violated this, the NAP. This will not stand. The United Corn Co-op in Nebraska will not have this. We fought Union Pacific. We'll kill you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. What, do they have a nuke? <laughs> There's going to be Walmarts burning all across the rural America as, as these guys arm up. They're like, you know, maybe we should have kept the military people to ourselves my eyes have seen the glory of the burning of the mart <laughs> all right next question all right this next one's called uh gun uh ref- gun. yeah reformed commando looking for help oh oh boy hey bpl this is zaf here i had a question about where to learn about guns and gun related accessories um see as a young teen i used to visit k and it was uh a terrible place to learn about guns and yep. if you look at it now it's uh well it's still a terrible place to learn about guns it's a great place so to learn about felonies. what are some like online <laughs> boards or forms or whatever that you guys would recommend that you could actually have really meaningful discussions about firearms and actually learn a lot about an individual firearm that's being talked about there um speaking of uh if you guys have any thoughts on this i have a cz82 it's Really nice. I like it. Not bad. The ammo is uncommon enough that people don't actually buy it, but it's common enough that it's stocked up on online stores and certain gun shops. So the ammo for me is easy to find. And it's a really reliable little pistol, and I like it. But, you know, what do I know? I'm not a gunsmith. What do you guys think? I don't know, government man, but nice try. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do, fellow internet posters? I do like military surplus. I enjoy pistol comma inexpensive. I think we should blow up a courthouse on this date. No. Um, okay, yeah. Okay, but answer so, his question seriously. Okay, so CZ82, they're not bad. Okay, those older CZ imports, you got to check the firing pins. A lot of them, if you drive fire them without snap caps, you can break the firing pins off. And some of those older ones can be uh, made inactive, uh, like firing pin, not long enough, break, break. Um, The other thing is don't use the fucking internet for gun knowledge. Don't. Uh, Gun knowledge is hands-on. Gun knowledge is learned hands-on. You want to learn about a gun? Here's what you should do. Get you shot by one. Get, no, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, you want to learn how to take, be a man. You got to get shot by a twenty-two, and then build up force, do a thirty cal. It's like you either get well. Here's the difference: if they offered me to get shot by the twenty-two or to hold a flashlight again, I'm gonna get shot by the twenty-two. I'm I got so fucking sick and fucking tired of holding that fucking flashlight. I get you. I get you. No, what what I would do is I would say like, look, here's here's what we're gonna do. Um. You go out and get something simple. Just go get a simple, simple gun. Learn some basics. Just go get a twenty-two. Just start simple. That's what Catch Twenty-Two, the most deadly shot in the Legion, does. You get a twenty-two and you learn to shoot it. And then once you shoot that twenty-two enough, and you get really, really well, you know, organized enough, and you get really, really well focused enough, and and you learn the physics of gun fu, and you learn how to shoot real good, then you ask yourself, what do I want? What do I want to shoot? Like, what do I want to shoot good? So you go, man, I want to I want to shoot 30, 30s, or I want to shoot lever guns, or I want to shoot, you know, Shiloh Sharps at 1,800 meters offhand, or I want to shoot, you know, Cowboy Silhouette, or I want to do three-gun or two-gun. You can take all the time in the world to make that decision while yes. you just shoot that 122 and learn how that gun shoots. Like Ivan Chesnikov say, you must go and shoot many of cartridge and learn to strip and disassemble rifle many times. When it comes down to guns, learn one. Fear the man who owns run right, or fear the man who owns one rifle. Choose a platform you like and train with the shit out of it, <clears throat> and you'll find that 
almost every rifle platform has a group dedicated to it that likes talking about the history of it, the use of it, and what have you. When you find these really generalized groups that are just kind of marginally related to guns, uh, more like exploring the broad concept of firearms felonies and also like ATF plans, you can go to K. And just ship and just like sit and just like screaming at each other back and forth about the Ukraine conflict. As well, recently. yeah, and it's it's like, who gives it's, a shit? There aren't even any threads about weapons anymore. No. It's just, oh, Russia didn't do shit. Huh, hole holes are di- Nazi hole holes are dying a lot. It's just, that's like the entire catalog. Well, right, days. and it's like, that has nothing to do with like, hey, let's share firearms knowledge and weapons development knowledge and history and appreciate. Nope. Let's just shit on it because we let the normies in. So here's what you're going to do. You want to reform? You want to become not a commando that's fine go get one gun go get one gun and shoot the fuck out of it and go find as many groups that shoot that gun in reenactments or whatever else if you get a lever gun go find a lever gun shooting group go join single action shooting society go shoot any of the silhouette groups whatever you want to go shoot bolt action rifle military bolt action match cmp match camp parry national match all of that other stuff you can go find it you want to go fucking like hardcore revolver shoot you want to do all like that guess what that's called ppc pistol police competition that shit is its own category and they have real guns and everything else and that that are fucking crazy go find your happy place dive into it and find people who actually practice the sport not internet posters not fucking internet people not quote-unquote experts not people trying to sell you merch on youtube exactly nobody trying to sell you an opinion or or audible or a fucking t-shirt or follow my link or i'm a gun expert because i have video of me fondling a gun go out join shoot with these people put the shit in your own hand you would never buy a car sight unseen you should never marry someone sight unseen you should never buy a house sight unseen you should never make giant investments sight unseen you should never move to a place sight unseen do not buy a firearm on which your might life may depend sight unseen because somebody said so go out put it in your hands see how it feels find someone who has one explore learn adapt and build the knowledge to support your hobby and do so in a sustainable safe and happy way Got a fucking soapbox out of nowhere. That was awesome. Well, no, it's because I get mad that a lot of gun well channels. Well, no, it's just a lot of gun channels out there forget what education's about. And then there's people like Hickok45 where he's like, I support the Second Harvest Food Bank of Tennessee. I'm a retired teacher and I think guns are neat. And I'm not trying to sell you a bunch of shit. I'm just up here talking about it. And thanks for these people for providing. Yeah, the only am- like the only endorsement he has is like federal federal ammo. ammo. Thank you for providing ammo. the yeah. ammunition. And that's it. Thank it's you like, for yeah. Bud's- it's a bullet. It shoot. Yeah. Or to thank you, Bud's Gun Shop, for loaning us this gun. And that's it. And so it's like he does his thing, and he gets up there, and he's not very political. He just talks and shoots and talks about things. And I go, that's how you do it. But there's a lot of other people who are coming out and going, oh, wow, we're going to shoot Legos out of a 12 gauge inside my house. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I've gotten drunk before, too, but I don't it record it <laughs> like, you know, I've I know what it's like when someone shoots a blunderbuss off in a house with all the doors and windows closed to wake people up. Uh, like, I see I, Texas from 1752. No, I, there was, okay. A friend of mine had a blunderbuss and I told a story at one point, like when you chase people out of a tavern, one of the things you could do is like load a gun 
and say like you know put a pistol shot like with no shot in it but just yeah. really loud like bang hey everyone out like tavern keepers and whatever this guy thought that was fucking hilarious as a story well he had a blunderbuss so he loaded it up in this shithole of a shack he lived in and we were all sleeping he's like everyone must leave and he's like boom and it blew the windows out it was pretty great yeah but so uh it turns out extremely loud yeah and bright yeah also the curtains were on fire yeah it was I a would've, fucking blunderbuss i would have been a lot more terrifying if i wasn't laughing so hard <laughs> i was like yes this is america god bless america all right next question this one just says sarvek checking in oh boy hey texan crew of the black pants legion it's sarvek no no marathon of questions today i actually just listened to what i'm going to forever call my episode here <laughs> on September 3rd. And I just wanted to say that made my day listening Welcome, to bud. it, hearing my original questions answered. I will make this pledge to you guys that going forward from this day on, I'll only ask one question with maybe a follow up question and not cram eight into one. Thank you, buddy. Um, I think I have called in. And left a couple more messages uh, prior yes, to today, have. and I don't know if those are more than one or not, but I yep. must say I busted up laughing on your guys' reactions. So thank you for making my day. Thanks for and checking I in, I will bud. see you guys next time. And thank Deputy thank for lumping them all together. And thank you for checking up on us, sir. The, you, I love your questions, but Jesus, there's so many. All right, next. All right, this next one's just called Project Management, uh, Project Management and Clan Tech. Oh, boy. Greetings, Black Pants Legion. My name is Control-F-U, shitposter from the uh, Everything Battletech uh, Discord, otherwise known as the guy who shitposted so hard people thought he was the real Discount Dan for a little while. Two questions. First of all, I'm a not-so-recent college grad of the graphic design variety who has struggled to find work in my field. Still trying, but it has been very, very difficult. Been thinking about going back and taking some classes in project management, but I wanted some insight on how best to wiggle my way into that field. Any advice from you guys is welcome. On a lighter note, we all know that while clan equipment is overpriced, it is generally much better than the originals. If this logic holds true, what are some real-life clan products that you would like to buy, and how would they be different? Thank you guys for making the podcast. These make my Fridays honestly worth looking forward to. So, thank I you. thank you. Like, what would the clans make today with current technology? No, no. It's just like, okay, here's here's the problem. Here's the problem. The clans have the Soviet problem, which is that when it comes down to, like, weapons of state defense being a, like, you know, military society. Yeah. They got a lot in the Yeah, they're Thomas yeah. fucking Edison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 when it comes down to like personal products, they would be like, yeah. here is soap, comma, white. Yeah. Like it would just be like, I too enjoy television. And it would be like a channel. And it's like a bird. And it's some guy <laughs> with a voiceover going, behold, the weak Rin as it is destroyed by the great raptor. And it's like, the falcon from which our clad takes its name. It, it, it would be Minus like, the jade. <laughs> it would be like fucking North Korea run by a car lot it would be really weird i don't think it would be fun to live in i think the beer would suck i think the food would suck i think all that there would be to do would be to fight and fuck i think that it is a military camp basically like a crazy roman military yeah. camp it is not a civilization. So it's just like... Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Recreational latrine digging. That's what I mean, is it's like the top tier of the military people, and all they do is strut around and do military stuff, like Greek gods. 
And then the rest of the people are just like the workers. Yeah. So I'm like, this is a Greek. This is like Sparta. You know, you, you have a very narrow military cast and then you have a broad slave and everybody and else. Arca- cast. And like middle class. Yeah. And everybody career. else who does, who isn't important. And so the military does it at once. Now, some of these military commanders, like some of these clans are different. And they're actually decent. Like people are like, "Oh, why do you like Ghost Bear? Do you like nurturing women?" And I was like, "Everyone should." You fucked up, yeah. man. <laughs> but the second thing that I point out is, it's like, no, actually, they work against that grain of that cast by integrating through family units, because family units go across those cast lines. So if you went there and you have family units, and they go, "I'm not making a faceless product for someone who hates me," but oh, this might be my cousin. I think you would see more artisanal goods. I think it would be like, oh, I made this one with by hand. You know, little things like that. Small touches are bigger in cottage industry and more common. Now, so, what about breaking into project management field? Don't. Project management is going to be poured into your mouth, and it will be waterboarded into you like gasoline. Here's how project management generally works. is you go get an MBA – which is not a hard degree to get. A lot of MBA pro- programs are very short, very just costs money. It does cost money, correct? But if you got a bachelor's degree and uh, you're trying to get into anything, one of the quickest routes to what is modern and basic project management, you go through any MBA program and they will give you some project management 101. Uh, but most companies, agencies, NGOs, whatever you want to work for, are going to have a here is how we do project management, and they will. When you come in like an anthrax shot, fucking shoot you with that stuff, and it will just be like, "We are six sigma six, click," and you're in, you're inoculated with that. And at that point forward, you're part of that clan, and that's how they do it in project management. Because it doesn't matter what you fucking learn in school. <laughs> Attention, software development team. That's what I mean. You are agile. <laughs> boom, 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 and they're like, "Ah, oh, oh, we were so I productive pre- once." <laughs> I've been, <laughs> I've been five days for a, for the scrum sprint. What does that even mean? It means we're going, going to work to build so- this component of the project. Yeah, it's, it's like I bet five days for the scrum sprint. What does that mean? You're going to do seven days of work in five days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're going to build this component that we're going to that we're going to realize isn't what we actually need later. We're going to develop all of these parts at the same time and hope the train cars align at the end when the choo choo starts moving. Yeah, <laughs> Kresky would have never have wanted this. <laughs> how i would guilt them every time i described how six sigma six works to somebody and i said all right you know how like when trains go through a train station usually all the cars have to be in like an order yeah and normally you have to like put the engine first and then you have to like line the next car up and the next one and you know there's like a logic to it and you can't like have the train leave until the train's done Right, so I said Six Sigma Six is the idea that you take a train at speed, derail it into the yard, and kung fu all of the parts and load and unload them at the same time, and then slip them all back into line at the train, and the train will move, and there will be no problem. So it's like, so it's like the Power Rangers, uh, like Megazord sequence. Oh, well, it's uh, there's this thing that's funny because Six Sigma Six uh fails when you apply it anything other than, well actually if, if you look at the history of GE it failed there it really did but if if you look at the magic bullet of it and you start applying it to stuff that requires stuff like mm, I don't know integration testing like mm-hmm. I don't know airplanes tanks boats building software like not software so much but hardware 
you know, where like, oh, I have to take the software package and this and that and put it all together in a microwave and the microwave has to work. If you do all this shit that is like not tested or relying on each other and all these little side teams, and you're like, we're going to rapidly develop and iteratively blah, 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 blah. You get lost in the woods and nothing gets made. And all the companies that incorporated this blindly went bankrupt or nearly did. Uh, I mean, GE is on the verge of kissing it with losing dividends. And you just look at all this stuff and you're like, good God, why? And it's like, well, as it turns out, it's hard to sell a product you don't make. And six Sigma six is a way to make a lot of nothing really quick. <laughs> it's a good idea factory though. And everyone's really busy, but it really sucks. So in project management, they're going to, they're going to give you that march in order when you get in. And even if they say Sigma Sigma six or whatever, don't worry about it. Every company I know has their own bend on stuff and it'll be a water flow or it'll be a fountain method or it'll be, iterative cycle development or it'll be whatever don't worry about it don't go to school for it get like honestly like find study guides for this stuff on humble bundle and then apply apply for like project analyst positions not only humble bundle um and not only project man analysts but project planning descriptions as well uh program management analysts um you know project coordinator yeah yeah. yes if you can uh, get some kind of basic bitch office job and you know the concepts and you get like even if it's like comp t a project plus like some sure 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 you might you might be able to find something but you can get hands-on with it and and that's that's where you learn it because you can go find a hundred guides online what is six sigma six and all of them will be correct now six sigma six will scream at you and say that's not correct no you you can find really quick cliff notes of this shit online and you go oh that's common sense yeah the hard part is get breaking into the field but once you do you'll be very much in demand yeah don't worry about the magic words or buzzwords or shit if you go look up what it is at a glance you could probably sum up most of these management methods in like three pages probably most of them are very very quick they're very quick and dirty and they're all manageable what you need to do is get the experience sad to say and like we say management analyst, program analyst, budgetary analyst, all that stuff requires an understanding of program management. So that's a good way to get into administrative management as well. Mike's just looking at you fucking office monkeys. I was just going to say, well, no, not that at all. Those are both very uh, normal options to pick. But if you want something that's a little more fun, adventurous, and weird, please uh, go into the film industry. I, no, I, I, producer, I think become awesome. a producer and go into the film industry. And the way I mean that is learn something in the film industry that is a skill, but then present yourself in these as a producer type or somebody who's like, I like to do project management. That's, learn how to manage an indie uh, set. Learn how to manage all the personnel on that. And that is real world experience. You can't get that in fucking power project management school. They're going to give you theory. They're not going to give you experience. No, I, I agree. I, and I you get paid for agree. it. That's also a great bonus getting yeah. paid. Yeah. Same with theater. Uh, go be a stage manager. Dead ass serious. They are the most. They have the most hectic ass job. They have to do everything on set, but they're fucking great at it. Well, and if you have a graphic design background, like, oh, background, he'd, he'd actually do really well in theater with graphic design. You have no and, and film because yeah. most indie people have no idea how to make anything. Well, that in theater is always glad to have people. Like yes. if, if you show up at theater and you're like, Hey, I want to help. And you have a set of skills. Most theaters will it's, actually it's more. F- look, it's more fun than going to a, a boring office with drop ceilings and fucking uh, fluorescent. Lighting, no, I agree. You know? I agree. Um, all Goat and I can do is say what's worked for us. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things. I will say this much: if you want if you want transferable skill sets, 
I've worked in a lot of offices in a lot of places, and I've seen every which management style under the sun uh, from east to west and north to south. You know, I've seen Toyota style, Japanese style management, and I have seen good old boy system with handshakes and nods. And I will tell you, all of that is, is all interesting and good. But if you want to see people getting shit done with no money quickly and on time, like none of that management shit will hold a candle to like the average community theater stage manager. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause they have to manage like 80 fucking artists and a hundred fucking things. And it has to go off or it will never happen again. And if you think that their skills are not transferable or that their experience doesn't matter. Yeah. No, they get better jobs because of that. They Absol- get, they get hugely better jobs because of it, because I've seen people who do stage management going into film management and major company management, especially if it's like production of audio stuff like that. I mean, everybody I've, needs a producer, man. Everyone needs a producer. They're There's the backbone a, of the industry for a reason. I'm not talking about the executive producers. I'm talking no, about no, the he's, producers. He's talking about people who actually take uh, three lousy musicians in a room and make them a movement. They they keep in contact with them. They call them all the time. They keep make sure all the other th- like they're they're the one they're what you would assume in an office a secretary would do for you, but they don't get those not normally. Their their whole thing is like, I'm gonna call this person to tell them to not talk to that person, and you're just handling the entire project pretty much from your own. Yeah, you're uh, you're a facilitator. And yeah, yeah. It's and they need that. They well, absolutely need it. They because, need it hugely because it's it's kind of like if you yeah. guys have ever seen Kitchen Nightmares where like Gordon Ramsay is in the kitchen at the head and he's screaming at people. Where's X? Where's Y? This is bad. Send this back. Yeah. That's a producer. That is that is exactly what that role is. You are an expediter and you are there to help carry it to the finish. And then you take that skill set and then you go, okay, I'm going to go uh, work the latter half of my uh, to my retirement in like some office. Yeah, no, you'd be a fucking powerhouse. Exactly, because, because most office people have none of that backbone. Well, no, the the problem with a lot of office people when it comes to management is where do you think all these bad management stories come from? It's because offices require massive investments in middle managers that don't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially these days. Oh, that that's the huge pushback against. Uh, in, in my last job, people were pushing back usually against. Yeah. Oh, you got to come in. You have to come in all the time. You have to come in. And I go, well, overhead's down. Productivity's up. Morale is up. People aren't leaving. And they were going, yeah, but we need people to come back. We we really need to have people. Apple's doing that too. Apple that designs and maintains much of the tools people have been using to do remote work. And they're like, everyone has to be in the office at least three days a week. Well, yeah. And and so that's the thing is they're trying to exert control. And this control is it doesn't benefit the shareholders because shareholders should be exalt. They should be exalting the management for going, wait. Profits are up. We don't oh, have to rent out an office. Right. And profits are up and we're not having this much turnover. So our costs are down. Fuck yeah. Keep that going. And here's the problem though, because if that continues, that keeps continuing, keeps continuing. When COVID started, I had this whole wave of middle management that just was like emailing me every few days going, um, is, um, are things, so- yep, things are fine. Here's all the things. And they go, uh, um, uh, well, um, and there's a million of them out there. And guess what? COVID in one fail stroke showed a lot of them don't have a lot of jobs to do. In fact, their job is to breathe down people's necks. And without being in the office with those people, 
People who do actual work do a lot of it. It's like they're not being distracted by someone who doesn't need to be there. It's like an inefficiency removed everything. It's pretty amazing. So yeah, it's it's like when I start seeing that stuff, I'm like, mm, no, no, thank you. Yeah. All right. The next question uh, is going to be: I wonder if they still punish PS mag, uh, still publish PS magazine in 3052. <laughs> Cheers, y'all. I got a uh, BattleTech question for you. As a former Marine tanker, I know that for every hour of operating the tank, we generate anywhere between six to eight hours of maintenance time. Suffice it to say, complex machines require a lot of TLC. With this in mind, a Federated Sons CN9 Alpha driver takes his mech out for some annual gunnery practice. How long will his mech be down for maintenance? Also, I just would like to thank you for what you guys got going with this podcast, especially the podcast episode. It pulled me through some rough times uh, as a museum archivist looking for work. Uh, yeah, cheers. Take care. Hey, best of luck. Uh, I hope I hope your job search goes well. Indeed, I mean, dude, the museum dude, archive is is really cool stuff. Dude, yeah, it's it's great, but it's fucking brutal. And as far as maintenance goes, Jesus Christ, it's like if battle mechs probably have shit maintenance. Like I know that in battle and battle tech, there's hand wavy time on a lot of stuff where they'll go. Ah, uh, yeah. In the book, some novelist will write like, "Oh, yes, it was eight minutes to do a maintenance check on this." Or, but then you know, someone else would be like, "Yeah, it's down for weeks because it's fucked up." I think that also changes in yo-yo time based on era. So like when it's high tech era and there's a lot of peace, like, yeah, it's like a three day turnaround for even a brutalized war machine. But if it's at the succession wars era, it's like, uh, the Mandalorian where yeah. <laughs> there's that lady from Cleveland as Mike points out, he's like, yeah, I can find parts for it. Yeah. No problem. She just walks out in the wasteland and just pulls them in. Yeah, and from other mechs that yeah. have fallen, yeah, or, or not fallen. Yeah, or they, they, she just goes down the hall from the in the jump ship into another drop ship and finds one that's parked and just rips the parts out, Detroit style. Right, that's what I mean. Is like it would be. It, it, they it, don't need two alternators. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, Fuck. It, it just just borrow steel. What, yeah, are running, what are you running a fucking Bitcoin rig on your mech? Yeah, yeah you, you need two you, alternators for. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. Oh, you think all you need all the safety straps? Lottie da, Mister has all his teeth. <laughs> you know, I, it said on the spec sheet I was supposed to have sixteen heat sinks, but I wiped away the dirt, and that's actually twelve. So you have twelve heat sinks. Why are there <laughs> Why are there three slots, four slots missing? Uh. Yeah, it's probably like extra baggage. Expansion bay. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You can upgrade it later. You can upgrade it to 16 if you want. <laughs> Which I have. I have four of them I just found. Yes, exactly. <laughs> just can't stand here. <laughs> so the mech warrior pulls his blaster out and you're like, all right, I'll throw four in for you if you want. Uh, That's going to cost you for the install. Exactly. You got to get, get them a little bit. Next. The next one is... Uh, tabletop uh arisaka madness hello mr mike mr tex and mr goat if you're awake <coughs> and whomever you. is today with you first of all thank you for the great content that you so generously provide you make the world a better place thanks and now the question that made me record this message Corus belly besides infinity and insane cyberpunk setting they have a miniature board game called aristeia that means excellence in greek uh, it's a mobile style game and one of the characters you can play with is senior massacre this character is specialized in killing with his katanas the opponent players and taunting them so they have to attack him he 
He has a Twitter account and she posts a lot. One of his jokes is acquiring titles such as the Ayatollah of Town, the Itch You Can Reach, the Lego Block That You Step On Barefoot in the Dark, the Wet Dream of Your Ghost Namer, the King of Provocation, the Katana in the Tangana, being his motto with friends like me, who needs an enema, and being <laughs> quite similar to Deadpool, what other titles do you think he, this guy could achieve? Thank you very much, and have fun. Sounds like this guy's trying to uh, ape uh, Mr. Blackhand. Also, for a Greek person, like, making fun of someone for, like, being sleepy, really? Come on, man. Wow! Nice. You gotta throw that... Don't throw fucking stones when you live in a glass house. <laughs> You're like, also, Bra- Greece, pay debts. <laughs> it, it's like, Greece, Brazil, third world, fight! Dun, 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 oh, we'll take... We'll, we can take Greece. <laughs> You're like, I can oh, well, take Greece. <laughs> no, no, don't give Brazil the option to fight. They'll always say yes. <laughs> So what you're saying is you need to play Road to 56 and see if Brazil can take Greece. Yeah, if you just invite yeah. Brazil to come fight you, they will show up. They will. Everyone in Brazil knows martial arts. <laughs> you, will, you, will, you will hear... You Everyone will, in Brazil knows Kung Fu. Yeah, you will I'm hear... Joking, it's very common. Like, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's why they call it Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's like someone's trying to kill you. It's magical to watch. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like it's, you're getting mugged and you don't, you can't, you don't have a gun. You can't do nothing like, about it. So yes. You're just going to throw him on the ground and bash his head against the concrete... That's concrete, baby. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's like someone what? walks up to you and say, Pedro, it's like you lose. It's like, no, you lose your fucking your teeth. Yeah. No, Brazil can take Greece on. I'm I'm sure. They have a catch your theme song. Yeah. Brazil, meu Brazil, Brazil. All right. This next one is says, uh, on a warm summer's eve, Mr. Bacon asks about ghost stories. Hello, Tex and the BPL. It is warm. This is Baron Von Bacon, also known as Mr. Bacon. I was watching for the umpteenth time the Trippets Affair video, and I was kind of wondering if there's any kind of source material or stories that kind of deal with more unusual stuff like that. Um, Comstar Guides. Kind of... Like spacers, tall tales, or Comstar guides, whatnot. Because you know that stuff probably exists in the Comstar guides, like Comstar declassified all those guides, pirates and stuff. I can feel the rock. I was wondering if there was a source book to that Comstar guides type of material. Comstar source book. Anyways, keep up the good work, guys. Enjoy Enjoy summer content. Thank you. Enjoy your bacon. Enjoy your bacon in summer. Comstar source book guides. The uh, what was it? The jihad declassified stuff or behind the jihad hidden guide stuff. It's sprinkled all throughout all those places. Battletech is like real history and that there is not one big thing that says here is the exhaustive history of the ultramarines beginning in the first year. Ultramar, Ultramarine one walked around and punched guys and then the sky died. Ultramarine two walked around. He was twice as strong as the first one. And it, you don't find like just endless. It's not as fun. It's it's you yeah. don't find the Star Wars scroll. Yeah, they, like well, that's it's what forty k has. Is you're like they did that oh. with Legend of Zelda. They made like a book where it says here's the all of the titles that are like yeah, show me show canon. me. And it's like. Who the fuck cares? Show me, don't tell me. That's Apparently the people who bought it, but I'm just saying like, why does that matter? Well, because right. it doesn't. It's one of those things of show me, don't tell me. If you want to convince me a universe is giant and big, show me why it matters. Don't just say, here are the following list of the space marines that are very yeah. real. And it's like 800,000 things. And I'm like, okay, show me them. Why do they matter? I will never do this, but I promise you they are very real. Buy the minis. They are cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is not real, Skeleton King. No. 
Just remember, everything that you say that you wish that these companies would do for you, they're already listening and they're looking at ways to monetize directly to you. And some of you are like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I want. No, be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for. Yes. Speaking of, uh, I did have some people reach out because I, I, you know how I have like a really bad idea when it comes to like merchant ideas and stuff yeah. because I, I hate merchant ideas and stuff, but I thought a BPL challenge coin could be interesting. Oh, God. I found a guy who does sand casting and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, we could get stuff made out of like bullet brass maybe. Bullet brass would be appropriate. Bullet brass would be interesting because it actually is an ingot has inherent value because you can melt it down and reform bullet brass. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, ah, uh, yes, a coin and a token for dressing time. <laughs> I like to think for the future. Next question. All right. The next question is number, this is actually question number 69, and it just says, nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Hello, BPL. This is Joe from Atlanta, Georgia. I recently had my first tabletop biotech experience over the past weekend at a local con. And it was the aha moment of, this is fucking amazing, I want more. I was wondering if you could reach way back into a time machine, what was your aha moment for some of your passions? Thank y'all, and have a good day. Uh, My aha moment was uh, realizing that I have an army of people who want me to make these very strange documentaries. It's it's an aha moment because you keep being like, should we keep doing these? And then this broomstick comes out and is like, you guys should be really creative. That's an aha moment. It's like when I wanted to stop doing Son of Scramble, Son of Scrambles, and then Mike was like, goat, people have made art for this. Yeah, people are invested. It's it's part of the, it's one of those things where you realize I could just lay down and be useless, but people have expectations and the show must go on. Uh. It's called riding the wave, goat, and you just have to be part of it. You can fight these people, but the good nice, but the good people listening out there are going to go, ha ha, funny. But goat, if you stop being goat, I'll murder you. They're gonna hold you to you. It's part of a covenant. I sleep with like four guns next to me. Well, that's fine, but no, no. If you stop being you, that's what I mean. Is there 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 people who are invested who keep wanting to listen and follow and everything, but. It's one of those things where it's like, they want you to be the best you can you, but if if you turn on them, they will remember it. It is a savage circle. That's why you gotta be good. Yeah, you gotta never fade away. Exactly. Next. Hey there, guys. We're back. We had a bit of a, well, hiccup in the podcast. So I'm gonna plug this hiccup in the podcast with a ad hoc reminder that you can up and downvote this thing, apparently, somewhere. So you can go do that. And um, we we don't shill anything. You're not going to hear us slyly go into Skillshare or Audible or anything. Um, we're, in fact, supported by you guys. So we have a Patreon. You can go find the Black Pants Legion Patreon very easily. And it helps us buy equipment and things like the occasional glass of iced tea. So if you feel this compelling and interesting and uh, fun, just a reminder, our time is ours to share. But if you have a little extra money and you've paid all your bills and you'd still like to throw it at us, there is a Patreon. If you want. If you want. Again, we're, we're going to be very, very casual reminders of this. We're, we're not going to be like, you know, PBS, where they come in and they're like, well, we have to save these 800 puppies. 
We have to save them, but, well, you know, for the price of a latte, you could make all the suffering go away. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. And then they, like, zoom in on the dog's eyes, and you're like, Jesus, fuck, man, God. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make these anyways. <laughs> I mean, cables are expensive, though. Yeah. Oh, fucking shit. Yeah. No, we, we bought all of those fucking microphones, and that guy at Guitar Soon was like, you want to buy, like, a fucking guitar? And I was like, how about fucking no? Yeah, he kept trying to sell us, like, more than what we actually wanted. And we yeah. were already making a big purchase. We were making a big purchase, dude. All these fucking microphones, cables, and shit, grabbing all this stuff, getting everything right, and the guy at Guitar Center was like, hey, you want to jam out? And I was like, hey, you want to avoid bankruptcy? Also, we weren't going there because it was, like, the only option we knew of. It was because, at the time, we had people coming over and we didn't that have enough microphones. Yeah, that Literally day. that day. And we were like, fuck! So we went out and got a bunch of stuff, and we've been using it because this stuff lasts a very long time. It does have wear and tear. The cables go pretty quick. Yeah, XLR cables are usually pretty beat up. Yeah, it's almost like it's like 1920s technology. I, dun, dun, yeah. Dun, 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 next question. Next question. All right, this next one is just called Pondering the Poorcast. Poorcast honestly brought a sense of nostalgia because I was in high school by the time we all stopped living paycheck to second job to loan shark to paycheck to second job in my family and i think back on some advice um coupon it's something to do if your neighbors throw it out take it it's free money uh get yourself a rice cooker i don't know why it's not more standard through american households mike and i were talking about this it just makes sense and shop where the rice is in lowest increments of 25 pounds lasts for like six months and will keep you alive go outside go fishing you know if you can spend a weekend in nature it'll make you feel better and especially if you bring home meat uh well i would advise against actually fishing for most people mainly because the waters aren't exactly clean and if you don't know how to clean a fish well it's it's, not hey listen he said bring home meat so i if you're like really good and you can go to the zoo you know you just tip that zookeeper you're (laughs) like exactly here's a here's a sam adams and he's like don't you mean a ben franklin i'm like sam adams take it or leave it and then you know you could walk home with some giraffe shavings or whatever you want Hey, look, you it, you go in there with a carving knife and a Sam Adams. Yeah, I bet you could walk out of there with a whole bunch of rare beans. No, on, on the way back from your like shitty hour and a half commute, yeah. you just stop and, and scavenge roadkill. Well, like it's, yeah. like you it's do the you. 30s you again. You do you. See, I would just go to the zoo and I would ask the zookeeper like, hey, man, I'm not trying to like buy exotic meat, but which of the animals have been most asshole-ish to you in the last <laughs> 30 days? <laughs> And I, I'm all for fishing, man. I just, I'm like, there's a, yeah, there's y'all want to pick the right, yeah, pick, yeah, pick, pick the right pond. Well, he's not wrong. He's, he's just saying, hey, go be smart, get out, do something. And that's good philosophy. It's, yeah, it's depends where you live, but yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of people who, what, that's one of the podcasts that most people actually comment on is the poor cast is they're like, yeah, being that fucking poor resonates with a lot of people. And I'm like. Yeah, it's like suffering is this universal constant we're all living under, and uh, we are just trying to make the most sense of it. So I think everyone has a poor story that's fucking hilarious to them now that they're not, or is a warning to them that they might be again. But 
I find it's best for me to just talk about this shit. And that's why yeah. we did the podcast because talking about, you know, having to choose between toilet paper or soap, having to choose between, you know, uh, where you're going to get that next meal. And it it's a wild time to live through really grim shit, but it also lets you know what you really truly need. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to actually play this next one. Um, only because I want to end this on a much higher note if possible. Yes, please. What's this one called? This one is called Movie Game Ideas. All right. Hello, BPL Podcast. I am Magnificent Flounder. Thank you, by the way, Tex, for helping name me. Uh, I came up with five movie titles for you guys to have fun with next time you play the movie title game. And then one that actually is from my real-life DVD collection. So the five titles I came up with for my uh, out of my brain are... The Eternal Jest of Clarence Peppercorn. Number two, The Sacred Grimoire of Colonel Sanders. Number three, The Night of the Nine Millimeter, A Quest for Peace. Number four, Lawrence of Canadia. And number five, Moonbase Billy and the Seven Sundays in Arabia. The physical DVD I actually own is called Mika Droid, Robokill under Disco Club Layla. I hope you have some fun with these. I very much enjoy the podcast. Keep on keeping on. And yeah, thank you. That's Those that's, are great. That's amazing. Those are all good. Colonel um, Sanders' sacred grimoire. Yeah, I mean, what is Call, that? The Call of Cthulhu KFC commercial. Well, imagine if he opened the book, he had a sacred grimoire, and he could like say some like Kentucky gibberish and then like pronounce yeah, whatever. He, he starts handling snakes and speaking in tongues. That's what I mean. He, but he does it as the colonel, and then like whatever he waves the snake at becomes fried. Oh, God. So he's like, oh, Abacadoo, I made chicken out of you. And they're like, oh, and it's chicken. Yeah. So the chicken (laughs) sorcerer. I would call that the the chicken sorcerer. And, 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 you know, um, I I was talking with... I was talking with uh, the guys in the Knife Fight City Cinematic Universe Wiki Discord. Uh, There's a handful of them. um, And they've been filling everything in. And they're like, okay. They've been well. They filled in everything we named, and they're starting to add other movies and trying to get with it. You know, trying to build onto it. You know, and try to build a backlog. Yeah. So we're gonna have to do another episode soon. We're gonna have to start coming up with new movies because they they need some work to do. And and but one of the things I was talking with him is I said, you know, one of the things you can do about thinking up bad old retro movies is take something that's a modern meme you hate and then use it as as something from the 80s like spin it back and one of the examples is like take those thousand degree knife videos that's a knife fight city movie (laughs) because it's like they thought the cold steel was dangerous (laughs) but this summer the blades are hotter than ever and you see like a guy with a blowtorch on the knife and they're like oh my god it's a thousand degree knife he's and holding then, an oven mitt well what's great is the the guys in the discord came up with the best fucking response to that suggestion which was like yeah the special effects are really bad like they're all wax figures from like Madame Tussauds, but they're yeah. the bad ones, and they just put them in the hero's clothes. So like in one scene, because they're getting it. These guys are getting it. They're already coming up with the notes in the margins. Yeah, and the guy was like, "Notes in the margins." In one scene, you can see the wax figure of Nikola Tesla get melted <laughs> by the knife, and I'm like, I imagine them going around 
buying all the old wax figures uh you know and just and just like fucking american pickers and shit yeah yeah and just buying those and being like all right for the thousand degree knife video we need to melt like 30 people to show how dangerous the knife is and they're like yeah we got four teslas looks like a a pt barnum uh (laughs) so they're like how do you make the thousand degree knife and they just like have a a fucking forge where they take all the gas station knives like we just melt down all the stainless steel and we turn it into you know the knives that'll be used on set and then eventually you know we heat them up and uh, uh, the the actor has a has a glove. Uh, like, yeah. imagine the actor has a glove, and it's obviously like an asbestos glove, but they spray painted it and textured it really badly in rubber, so it looks like their hand. Yeah. So they have oh, one hand oh, that's like Jesus. just twice as big. Yeah. When they're holding uh, that knife, you know, that's so uncanny. That's what I mean. It's like they're it's so in the long scenes, everything just looks really one handed. It's like what the fuck. He's got the thousand degree knife. Yeah, they have like a wire hanging off the back end of the knife because yeah. they have to keep it charged. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. they're like, yeah, don't touch the handle. It's not only well, hot, imagine, but it will electrocute imagine, you. <laughs> imagine another, imagine like if there was a Knife Fight City Thanksgiving tie-in and it's like the Carver boys and it's like guys with the electric turkey carver and, and they get actually ended because it was like a blizzard on Thanksgiving and it causes like the power to cut out. Oh. So they're like, oh, looks like you got just a shitty knife now. Welcome to Knife Fight City, and they're like, no. <laughs> like the Carver boys, like run like a re- like a massacre because they're like they're just shaving the competition, and it's one of those electric turkey carvers that just as they're like running it at people. I mean, imagine two people locking knives and they're both doing that. It's like really bad Star Wars vibro blades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, they they would have to have a lightsaber fight somewhere in there. I think that in Knife Fight City, if there's a lightsaber fight, it's it's got to be like... We have to have the actor who played Darth Maul yeah. show up with like a double-bladed knife that just comes out. No, he's got... And then we just shamelessly steal John Williams' score. No, he... he <laughs> we pulls... just replace it with knife no. shit. Knife, 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 knife. Knife, 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 <laughs> knife, knife. And he pulls out a giant, a giant. No, it's not a two-bladed lightsaber. That's it's a switchblade. No, it's a giant song. It's like a ballast, like where that you have to flip open. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I had a Filipino flying. girlfriend. I don't want to get into that. But, you know, it was just like, wow, wow. No, I had a Filipino what, so girlfriend what is a, once. What does that look like? You, that, you've uh, seen them. Yeah, I, a little flip, them, flip describe knife. Describe them for anyone who doesn't know. It's the, like, ni- okay, the butterfly knife. Okay, the spy knife. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah, so it yeah, yeah. Gentlemen. Knife, knife cultures are interesting. But no, the the Bella song thing it's it's like have one of those, but it's literally like the size of a sword. So instead <laughs> of him doing the thing where he snaps his lightsaber out and then does both sides he takes that giant thing out and it's like <laughs> and it's a giant like fucking knife sword yeah and like bruises all over his hand oh yeah he his, he cuts like, through like uh fucking beams and shit and they're like oh my god they're like that's the largest knife ever made and they're like some even call it a sword it's so sharp it almost splits the atom almost the ballast sword <laughs> the ballast sword oh yes See, I think that there w- there would be a lot of weird people um, in in Knife Fight City. I-, I think that like 
uh, the idea of cops being knights would be kind of funny because they're really hard to stab. But also the cops are too heavy and slow to catch anybody. Yeah, you just run away. That's what I mean. They're like, oh, God, it's the it's constabulary. Just, yeah. And then so the, it's just... <laughs> it's just this horrible rogues gallery. Exactly. Uh, it, yeah, instead of the police department, it's called the paladin department. Ugh. So they're just a bunch of gigantic, like... <laughs> we'll catch you one day, knife men. <laughs> They try to stab them and they just stand there and they're like, they are resisting arrest. And then they just slowly lower their hand under their head. <laughs> they're like, oh my God, these things no, are huge. No, they, they backhand them with the gauntlet. No, they just, yeah. they, their teeth go just No, they would out. be called the enforcers. Clatters to the ground. Ah, I the see. The enforcers of the peace. Yeah, so, be some dread shit. You know, that's what I mean. It's like they go out there without weapons. They just, they, they, because to have weapons would be violent according to the reading of the rules. Yeah. yeah. So they just the use UN. their hands. So yeah, they're just but giant they strong gauntlets. Men. Yeah, exactly. There's giant strong men. They're like, I will not use weapons that would be violent i will enforce the peace and then they like <laughs> would be throwing a shopping oh, cart through yeah. you <laughs> i have the best idea for the for the enforcers what? they're the police but there's only like maybe nine or ten of them right yeah so it's just like this giant, by city well yeah so they're like knights they walk around wait wait ahead. no my idea is they're not just knights walking around. These are 10 very unique police officers because they're all wrestlers. Okay, so they all have names. Yeah, yeah like they show up and they're a different wrestler. Do, 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 do. Yeah, it could be anybody yeah, you want. fucking intro themes. So it's shit. like, you killed number six. Well, I'm number, I'm number three. And it's just like, it's like yeah. Goldberg or something. Yeah. Well, you just have some giant fucking dude. We have a 50-minute some... fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, just that would be crazy because they, they all fear the like, there are some men who need no knives. They call this pugilism. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, you have to have that. You have to have like an old pugilist. You used to just punch people all the time, all the time for hours and hours. It was a different era. <laughs> yeah, they have duels. Um where it's like, what is it like? They're chained with the knife in their hands. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's the that's the opener. So we get the the, oh, the main yeah, crowd to the, watch. You know, the Aztecs used to sacrifice people. This is oh one yeah, of the ways they sacrifice people is they oh yeah they like, tie they, someone yeah. to a slab and then give them a club and then he fights someone with a sword. Or or you have like two people chained where their off hands are chained together yeah. and you then know, you have knives in the other hands and they're just going around like crazy stoned apes with knives. You know, with all the messed up shit I've ever seen on the internet, I can actually, without even having to go back in time, I can literally imagine what Hugh just described, Goat, like exactly. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, I've seen fights like that on the street. I can imagine just, all right, turn it back like 10,000 years or whatever. Uh, oh. Try 500 years for the Aztecs. Well, yeah, it's fair not enough. It's not only that. Imagine, imagine like a law enforcer walks in. There's all these guys fighting with knives and threaten each other like fucking Clockwork Orange gangs. <laughs> yeah. And then there's one. So you have all these Clockwork Orange gangs yelling at each other, calling each other, calling their droogs to throw down. And then here comes this giant thing, this giant like muscle dude or gal or whatever, and just picks them oh, yeah. up. Like picks one up, one, and just pushes them into the wall until they're dead <laughs> and then picks up the next one and then pushes them into that same spot in the wall and then by the time they've grabbed the third one the rest have run away the rest are like ah <laughs> yeah i that my idea is that you do this so that way each uh, cop is like structured like a boss you know what yeah. i mean like oh that's 
That's number 15. So oh, we, we don't can, have 15. So we can sell the like, Knife Fight City yeah. open world fighting game. Yeah. Yeah. So well, number five. Phone game. It's going to be. Uh, oh, it's got to be a phone game where you have to actually call in. You have to call in to renew your credit card. It's going to be horrible. Oh, so it's going to be like 90s. 90s um, era phone yeah. game. So it's like, it's a phone game where it's a choose your own adventure. It's like, do you wish to attack the man? Yeah, you have like a, a one of them being like, uh, he's like able to make just knives float like Psycho Mantis, oh. including himself too. So he's got to float a little bit. So he'll float in and he's just like, I've always had powers like this. Just throw these lives. You're like, oh my God. And then, and then he gets hit with a bus. Yes. And like that's his weakness. And he's like, I was always weak to wheels. <laughs> yeah, you and and to, you're like, what? You need to just run away and bait him into standing and right, in because the sh- off the sidewalk. Because <laughs> there's some mysterious back lore where he's um, he cannot see wheels. Like I was always blind to wheels. Why can't you see the rest of the car? I was a I was a USSR <laughs> experiment gone wrong. They blinded me to wheels so I could wield blades. Because it's it's knife fight city. You have to throw in some like anti-Soviet oh, yeah. propaganda. Yeah, of, of course, yeah. no. It and it makes just as much sense as anything Kojima said. And ever. If, and when you release it in the USSR, which they did in that version, it was actually just that we changed patches out for whatever they were like. Oh, it's the UN or whoever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, it's the <laughs> 80s. We, we had to have a bad guy, and it was convenient. I mean, I mean, look at MacGyver. He's like, East Germany. I was like, yeah, because East Germany meddled so much with America. <laughs> like, I, East German bombers. It was the threatened. only place they were allowed to film, I guess. I don't know. Well, it was, look, it was oh, a funny like, We can't guy. say Russia, but we're going to say East Germany. Well, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like the Russians in general deal with like being the bad guy. They think it's cool that they're the. That's bad That's what guy. I mean. Like, they don't I, get like butt hurt like the Chinese do. Yeah, I. That's what I mean. Like, you just go out there and you sell it like it's well, supposed to be like this big pro like communist thing. Well, it's it's one of those things where I always I always love that. Like we as an American, I embrace those memes. I embrace the shit out of them. Where someone goes. Oh yeah, America! You're here for oil, and I was like, "And my freedoms." Yeah, yeah. Got to put in my bucko it's, it's five, like a, bud. Yeah, like that one where it's like <laughs> yeah. the European. Well, I disagree with you, and here's why: American, blow I, it out your ass. Exactly. <laughs> you were like, like, "Oh, so Americans are you just confirm Americans blow it are dominant?" Blow, blow, blow it out your ass. Blow it out your ass. Blow it out your ass. I got balls of steel. I got balls of steel. Like I don't really think my country is the the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I think it's pretty okay. And well, when people come at me and go like, "Did you know your country?" Blah blah blah. I will find the most embarrassing thing in country in in nation's history I can find in that person's nation, and I will show it to them, and I'll be like, "Hey, here's your best king," and I will show it to them, and they will read it, and they will be very sad. <laughs> don't poke at me. I just I like no I step. love my, yeah. Don't step on my shit. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of there's a lot you can say about America. But when you have a country that we literally hot pockets, your there, move world. When you have a country that literally sounds like guitar solos when it comes in, <laughs> that's when you know you've got the cool country. It doesn't matter if they are actually cool or not. That is some cool fucking shit, and you're never gonna top I, that. Uh, yeah, it's it's well, it's you'll it's, never be Duke Nukem shades. It's unless uh, unless uh, Germany goes to the uh, version of their national anthem where it's like, like yeah, go old like pub style, yeah. Well, Hofbrauhaus, but they don't like to talk about it. 
that and all the well, peace windmills they this, put on the wall wasn't recently. There this, wow. uh, wasn't there this big political kerfuffle no, that started no, in a beer hall no, no, in no, Germany? No. If you go in all of those buildings, they have giant peace windmills and flowers on the walls. Yeah. Very, very, very circle of tolerance. Very circle of tolerance. Yeah. No angry birds above them. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you, Germany. I'm Very really cool. glad that sometime in the 30s, uh, we decided as a, as a people that we would not accept any more new art from Germany just because they kept winning all the time. I think that was the best time to do that. Yeah, yeah when, you know, uh, when we arranged for there to be, for to change the admissions process for art schools. Yeah, tightening the admissions process of art schools in Europe has had some long-lasting consequences, I'll say that much. Just like, uh, just like the Russian seminary school. <laughs> I know. You know, it's one of those things where you wonder if maybe the church and art schools had gotten their shit together. Yeah, maybe if they didn't beat misbehaving students in seminary in Russia in the 19... 19- hundreds that's a, that's impossible or like i think that was just part of the education like yeah. life is hard who has the ark of the covenant don't let no more questions top men no top who, no men. who has it though for real who has the ark of the covenant top men like top men who who's the fuck is that is that john Topman? what is that johnny Topman. do you know where it's at goat John Relic's church. John <laughs> Relic, man. John Relic's church. Where is the Ark of the Covenant, guys? For real. Come on. Tell me where it's at. I think that's a real historical artifact. Yeah, it is. It's like a, it's like a fucking bathtub with like yeah, a fancy thing on the top. Yeah, it's, it, it's, uh, it, it's the box <laughs> yeah, from the movie. It's a baby bathtub. It was, in the, it was in the movie, man. Yeah. Indiana, I, oh, yeah. Documentary Indiana Jones. Well, look, I'll, I can look into it fine because I'm not a Nazi. My face isn't going to melt, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Mike's like, hey, look, check it out, Art of the Co- Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, you're just not afraid. You just like, you just I'm like, not. You, you just like keep your like snacks in there. And yeah, it's not like, a big deal. I'm not a Nazi. Yeah, it's just some Twinkies and shit, man. They oh, last man. that long. You know, the real shame of World War II. I'm gonna say this right now uh, is that Twinkies used to be filled with banana frosting, and what uh, they yeah they used to be that filled, sounds great. They used to be filled with banana frosting. That's why they're shaped that way. They're supposed to be bananas. But during World War II, because of shortages, they filled it with much cheaper synthetic Fuck. shit cream. That's the real tragedy of World War II. <laughs> That's the real tragedy of World War II. Wow. We'll end it on that one. <laughs> Please don't kill me.